really wanna know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those. Mountaineer Nation, welcome into another edition of the uh, Country Roads webcast here to uh, review the uh, 2021 Gold Blues Spring Game. Um, as always, Jordan Cruz here, got my co-host Bradley here with me today up, for this one. Outside enjoying the sunshine, finally got some good weather, you know, snowed last week, now we got about 80 degree days, so that's that's yeah. nice. Gotta come out and enjoy the lake right here, uh, soaking up the 80 degree weather, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, got to, got to. That's how I'm going to do the same thing as soon as we get done, man. But uh, I'm sorry for some outside noise. It's just too nice outside to not be outside. Hey, no worries, no worries. At least uh, least we were able to get together. I know it's been a long time since we were all together for, you know, a show. Yeah, we'll get Steven on here eventually. Yeah, Steven will be with us too, hopefully next time um, as we go through the offseason, you know, and especially getting up, leading up to the season. But last season it was crazy, you know, First half of the season, I know we were recording pretty consistently, and then we kind of fell off towards the end. But I think all three of us like went through a move around the same, you know, around yeah. that same time. So it was just hectic. I mean, I'm actually about to move again, but I'll be settled this time before the season starts, and so it should be should be good this season and be able to stay consistent with it. Yeah, for sure. So I know it was definitely got a hectic for all of us there. So and then definitely, I was wanting to try to jump into something to the early season of uh, 2021, but. 2021 has been just as hectic for me. I yeah, think. yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah. I mean, it's already about to be May, and it seems like 2021 just started. Yeah. But, hey, that means it's football time. Hey, speaking of, I was about to say, I think it was like 130 days till the first game, but um, here beginning early part of the week, West Virginia just wrapped up spring practice with the gold-blue game. Uh, got our final, you know, little taste of Mountaineer football before we get uh, some more there in August, September. But, uh, uh What'd you see from the gold blue game? You know, just kind of some opening thoughts, Bradley. What'd you like? What didn't you like? Uh, you know, set up of the uh, game. Do you like, you know, just let me know what you're thinking. Yeah. When I first watched it, actually, I was like uh, in the middle of like making food and watching it. So I actually went back through and rewatched it. Um, I really liked the way that Neil Brown ran his uh, gold blue game. I thought it was super mm-hmm. fun, super interesting, especially the big man at the end where he had. Uh, oh, yeah. Gotta love that. It was, uh, you know, it, it, was a, it was a fun time. And I enjoyed going back through and rewatching it. And, you know, it's got me excited for the upcoming, uh, you know, year. I think it did what it was supposed to. You know, got people excited. You can go get a free vaccine if you wanted to. You know. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. That was that was nice. I saw that was a nice touch. It was really nice. I thought that it was uh, it was fun. And, you know, like sometimes you watch – usually most spring games, you're going, you know, 10-minute quarters, running clock, you know, just straight scrimmage and stuff. And, honestly, sometimes they can get a little boring, you know, after after watching it for a little bit. But I thought this, you know, really kept the fans engaged. And I thought it was a really fun experience the way they broke it up, you know, splitting it between drills and then scrimmaging a little bit and, you know, a few more challenges and stuff like that. And then some surprises for the fans, Deuce McBride yeah. showing up, and you, you know, things see- like that. You had to see Neil Brown really kind of like have his way with it because I mean it was I gave us whatever Neil Brown wanted it to be you know what I mean oh yeah he, absolutely he wasn't sticking to strict things I think he was just really giving it as a chance which is what I like um, I think we had both talked about it I so say just to get the fans in with us here we had talked about how good of a call it was to keep Letty Brown out of contact like yeah, that yeah absolutely because you just and I think that's something we've been talking about all spring or if you've kept up with football is just like uh, shaving his legs I think that's such a great idea and just telling him to you know really focus on the mental aspect of the game make sure you know what your blocks are supposed to look like, and you know, really developing that mental picture so that way when you go into a game, you're not going to be confused. And so I actually see Letty Brown making an even bigger jump this year in all-around play. Not only is his running going to be spectacular, but I think we're going to turn around and see him put up some really quality pass protection and some like really good routes out of the backfield. 
And yeah, I think that's going to help us out. So he's going to he's going to be a guy. I mean, you're going to have to have you know probably 20 to 30 touches for him for a game. And you know we saw last season towards the end he got worn down a little bit. So you definitely need to save him as much as possible. I know as a fan, you know you want to see him out there and stuff, but you don't yeah. need to see him out there. You know what he's going to do. And so saving him for the season is the the smart move there. Yeah, and I think it gives a little bit more importance to those uh, you know those backs that are you know trying to really uh, a various sparrow and. Uh, What's the other one's? Uh, Tony Mathis. Tony Mathis. I was, yeah. I was just want to say Matthias, but Mathis. Yeah. I say that really gave this game a little bit more of a you know meaning for them because it's their, you know getting to put it out in front of Mountaineer Nation. It's right. them versus each other, not necessarily Letty Brown just coming out there and you right. know, showing. You're going to need two or three guys, at least at least two. And you know you got the yeah. they got the two four star running backs coming in in the summer, going to be there for fall camp. So yeah. that was really They're their time to kind of. I'm yeah. so excited. For I am too. I am too. I think that it's a good chance that one of them ends up as the number two back. But, you know, while we're starting with running backs, I was going to say let's go quarterbacks, but, you know, we've talked about Letty and these guys. So uh, what do you like out of the running backs and, you know, the running game in general? Um, uh, kind of some thoughts there on on Sparrow and Mathis. Well, I think it's super comforting the fact that we're still going to have uh, – and I guess why – subliminally why I jumped into running backs versus that was pretty much our whole game last year. So just yeah, you know, absolutely. Taking on Letty Brown I think going to be again. And so I think it's something really important to look at. And I think it's something that Neil Brown is focused on, is that running back at the core, you know, Chad Scott getting them all right. And I thought that we had some, you know, uh, I think it was Mathis that had a little more shiftiness to him that I really liked. And I think that he's got a chance uh, that you couldn't really see in the scrimmage. You don't really get those uh, broken tackle plays and you don't get those as big of explosive plays because they're quicker on the whistle, especially with the running backs this time. Yeah. Um, but I think Not he definitely had a chance one. where you could see where that if he gets comfortable, that that kid's going to be able to make plays in the open field. I think so. Too. But I think our I think our running backs are one of my, our most secured positions in the next three four years. I don't think we're ever going to have to worry about that because we've just got such good development going yeah. on. Yeah, as that, long as everyone that. sticks around and with the people that they're getting to come, you know, two four stars in this class alone, uh, you know, I think it's going to be in solid hands. And I love the way that they're developing the offensive line. A lot of those holes were were huge, and like we said, they weren't really doing a lot of tackling. Some of it was two hand touch, and they were still breaking ten and fifteen yard runs before somebody could touch them because the holes were just so great by the offensive line. So I think it looks like offensive line could be a, could be a strength this year. Yeah, I would hope so. So definitely, definitely a big improvement. And I think Neil Brown said that he's got you know six solidified guys now, which is yep. you know last year we had four. Well, what we were looking at just about every week. He was saying we got four consistent guys. We're trying to find that fifth guy. Now we got six guys. We're trying to find those seventh and eighth guys. But, yeah, well, it's a huge testament to. Um, the coaching job that, you know, Neil Brown and Matt Moore have done with the offensive line because, you know, you look back first year here, man, I mean, how awful that was, that that run game that first year in his first season. And th- th- pretty much non-existent in the offensive line was awful. And now here two, you know, two years later and uh, looking like it could be the strength of the offense that they rely on a lot. Yeah, which is something that WU hasn't had in a long time. I mean, because we've been – we've had like a good tackle every now and then, you know, like Yadney and, you know, some of those other ones that have come down to the line uh, – can't think of uh, – there's another guy on top of my head, but I can't think of him. McKibbs. Uh, McKibbs, yeah, him too. Yeah. still not him, though. It's uh, – anyway. But, you know, really big big tackles every now and then that would really break out. But we've not had a consistent, solid line for, I don't know, a decade. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think the – you know, the one year that you kind of did was that – was, you know, Skylar Howard's good year. But that's probably the best one you've had since, you know, like the, the Rich Rod days probably. Yeah, and I just don't think that's something that Dana Holgerson ever focused on. I think that's something that Dana sat back and was like, hey, if I can just have five guys that'll stay in there for three seconds and then, you know, that's all we need them to do, you know, let mm-hmm. me throw the ball down the field. So he never really invested into getting that line, you know, yep. 
I, I felt like I really never saw progression in the lines. We'd no. always bring in some junior college or, you know, you know, have a junior senior stack up and then there wasn't progression. There was just that one, two years and then right. gone. Right. And I think I think that that speaks to like at West Virginia, you need to focus on that. You need to build the lines. You know, Neil Brown said when he first came in, that's what he was going to do was build the defensive line, build the offensive line. And I think you've seen that. And that's probably arguably the two strongest areas on the team right now. And so that and so that's big. And, um, you know, the offensive line blocking for those guys throwing the passes. You know, that's what all the fans want to talk about is the is the quarterbacks and uh Daigie, Garrett Green, you know, Goose Crowder a little bit, you know, made a nice play, made a bad play. But uh, quarterbacks, you know, uh, a lot of people think there's a quarterback competition. Uh, I don't know if it's quite a competition from what I saw as much as uh, Daigie, you know, kind of is, is in the lead, I think, more so than they're than they're letting on. But I, I like what I saw from Green. But what do you think? Do you think it's a battle there, or do you think it's pretty much Daigie's job to lose? Um, I think that Neil Brown's always open to the option of just like, hey, like, um, if you can earn it, earn it. But I definitely think Daigie's solidified himself a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. from when I saw Garrett Green, yeah, he was exciting, a little flashy, definitely quicker on his feet. But he made a lot of bad plays. I mean, there yeah. was a couple pick sixes in there that would, that were dropped. And some of them are really going to slide in the Big 12. And, you know, I've, I've liked uh, Garrett Green, and I think he's got a huge potential in Mountaineer Facebook. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think personally I'm going to start – if, if Daigie's going to keep showing out the way he has been, I think I'm going to pull off Garrett Green a little bit. I'm going to invest mm-hmm. a little bit more into Goose and to some, you know, Crowder because I think that he's just got a, a lot of potential that he's not. Uh, I think Garrett Green's going to be a little bit more pressed to be like, hey, let's get me into this. Right. Whereas, like, um, if he's just not the best option, and I think this is something I've noticed about Neil Brown, and it's part of what I think has frustrated some Mountaineer Nation a lot, it is just, like, the guy is way more patient than what we are. Mm-hmm. Is I think Neil Brown has really just taken his time and been like, I'm not going to rush a single thing no matter who – Want it, you know, which Absolutely. is why I think it's like we get so frustrated with some of the play calling last year and just like refusing to put Garrett Green in and like give it a shot. But I think it's just like Neil Brown knows that it's not there and like he's not going to force himself into something. And that you know, if if Garrett Green can't grow into it or if like just like the timing doesn't work out, I don't think it's going to hurt Neil Brown at all because I think he's going to be ready for it. And so, like, I think that takes some of the edge that I had off of last year when I started to get a little bit more frustrated towards the end of the year. and Jerry Daigie, and, you know, he should do better this year under a better yeah. line. And I still Absolutely. don't think, you know, he's our promised lane quarterback. I don't think no. – I think Jared Daigie is still lacking that it, it factor that I wanted last year, just like a straight-up killer gene that I think is abundant in Garrett Green. I think he's yeah. got that, that, that mentality. He does – he don't. has that it factor. He just – too much risk right now and I think I think that's what the what the conundrum is with that situation is you know Garrett Green's probably the future you know Jarrett Daigie you've kind of maybe seen Jarrett Daigie's ceiling to a point whereas Garrett Green's ceiling is much higher but do you want to sacrifice um, a guy that doesn't take many risks that doesn't turn the ball over for that added extra element of your offense that Garrett Green brings, but also the risk of, hey, he's going to make some mistakes. He might throw a couple pick sixes and have a really hurtful turnover. So it's really just hard to hard to find that balance of what you, what you want to do. Do you want to have, you know, the more dynamic explosive offense with, with Green in there, which it would be with his it factor and, and everything. It might give your offense, take it that extra step that it needs, but also – you may be in a close game, and he may do something that'll devastate you. With Daigie, you're not you're not getting that, but you're also not getting that huge big play capability. So it's a catch twenty two, yeah. really. And so, like, I think that that comes down to like, what are the sporting casts around him? Like, if we got Letty Brown popping off, our running backs going prime. If our line's blocking good enough to let uh, 
our wide receiver core kind of like open up some. I say because I mean I think that's where all eyes are at this year. Is on that yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's where their improvement's got to be offensively. Sorry, I had another call coming oh, through. There. No worries, you're all good. Um, I was like, I was like, oh, did we drop it? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, I just my dad was calling me back. Okay, uh, no worries. Uh, I think that that's what uh, a lot of people are looking at is those wide receivers. So if Jared Daigie's doing better throwing to the wide receivers, they're catching the ball and we're running the ball just fine. Then like I don't see why we even need to have that Garrett Green factor. Yeah, you know, whereas like last year we kind of needed it because our line was struggling. Right. I, th- I think that it's this year, uh, maybe down the line, because, you know, he can improve more throughout the season or something or anything like that. But I think that, like it's like I said, it's, it's Daggies because you want that consistency. I think he's got the experience, and who knows if the receivers can improve, he can really uh, win some games because we were in a lot of those games last year, you know, even, even without the receivers making plays and him making big plays. But it also leaves the door open for Garrett Green in packages. You know, maybe you bring him in in the red zone or something like that. I think that you'll see Garrett Green on the field this season somewhat, even though this, I feel like this is probably Dakey's job. Yeah, I think that's a good good assessment. I think that's what we're all kind of expecting. So, at least what we'd like to see is like a little bit of Garrett Green, but I definitely think that Dakey's way out ahead. Absolutely. Just from what I've seen. I, I think so, too, from that scrimmage. You know the gold blue game and stuff. Yeah, you, you have to see it. Garrett Green's improved a lot, I feel like, but uh, still not quite caught up with Daggy yet with Daggy's experience. And like you said, the receivers—that's where the biggest improvement has to come. A lot of drop balls last year. Uh, talk a little bit about them. Uh, what you saw from them. I know early I got excited. Caden Prather with that big long catch, and he looks yeah. great. I think he's going to be a superstar. You know, six four, two hundred ten pounds, and beating beating you know your first team defensive back like that. So I like what I saw from him. I think Winston Wright looks improved. You know, he led the team last year. Like him out there in that new number one, looking sleek, looking fast. Oh yeah. And so you know, I I, I liked both those guys' performance. And then uh, Reese Smith, I think, uh, had a good game. So uh, you got some guys there. It's just a matter if you can if you can put it all together and they can eliminate those uh, pesky drop issues they've had. But what do you like out of the wide receivers? I think that like the thing I love the most is that our young wide receivers look very dangerous, which is like something like I'm excited for because we've kind of like seen Esdale grow up. Some I think that he'll yeah, have Esdale. like I, I think, think he'll, he'll have like a big uh, a big future here if he can really just like uh, solidify his chance. And I think that some of the wide receivers that have been here for a while, like I think Sam James used to be kind of worried. He's got some hot young guys on his tail. Yeah, yeah, Reese Smith right there on his tail. And that's my guy. That's my guy. I think the only person in the wide receiver core that should feel comfortable about their position is probably Winston Wright, yeah, who I think I, is yeah, destined to give that number one another great year. I think that uh, I think we're going to see a rise again to, you know, now the number one being our best wide receiver. You know, from yep. Tavon to Kevin White to, you know, all of them. So right. I, I think that he's going to be our most dominant wide receiver again this year. But I'm really excited, and I think that um, Sam James and like Bryce Ford Wheaton, even though they uh, I had better looking days and Bryce Ford Wheaton better than Sam James. You know, if you don't uh, step up, I expect to see Neil. I, I expect to see Neil Brown like uh, really start to push that issue. Yeah, like, well, hey, like either step up or step out. Pick one. Well, if you look, at, I mean, at every position across across the board, there the guys that are have, kind of have been around have someone younger right there pushing them. You know, Bryce Ford Wheaton's going to have Caden Prather pushing him. You know, could take that spot. Sam James going to have Reese Smith pushing him, you know, could take that spot right there in the slot. And then on the other side, you know, you're going to have Sean Ryan and Esdale battling out either one of those. So I think that's good that you have, you know, two guys, you know, each position virtually that can, you know, kind of flip flop, but it's going to create good competition. And I think that this year the receivers will improve because if not, 
you're going to get out and we're going to put in the next guy because we've got some depth now. Yeah, we got some we got some dogs back there that are ready to play. And like, if you can't step up and perform, then like, hey, we're going <laughs> to we'll put somebody in there that will because we know that absolutely, will. absolutely. So um, that's offense. Let's. Uh, what about the defense? Let's talk about what we liked. You know, kind of some of the positives we saw from the defense. Or we're, we're talking about a defense last year, uh, top ten, top fifteen in the country, number one pass defense in the nation last year. Uh, of course, you lose Jershon Miller, you lose Tyke Smith transfers that hurts uh lose tony fields but you know you also gain some guys uh western you know the uh, fcs corner is uh coming in the summer but you know they had some guys waiting in the wings as well uh what do you like from the defense you think that they're going to take a step back or do you see them kind of staying on that trajectory that they started last season um i think there's no way that we don't take a step back on defense like i just think that losing i mean tyke smith first off first and foremost like you can't replace that guy like it's not going to happen like if you mm-hmm. just step up and, you know, I hope – I don't know who they're going to put in this place, whether it's like KJ or something like that back there. I believe Scotty Young. Scotty Young, yeah, Scotty uh, Young. from uh, Arizona, the one that started in the in the bowl game, which well, that, yeah. that kind of lessens the blow for me is the fact that you've got a guy that's, you know, got that experience, you know, been three-year starter at Arizona and stuff and looks good in the bowl game. Granted, it was against Army. It's going to be a little bit different than the teams he'll be facing on a regular basis. But I think that that lessens the blow a little bit for me of the Tyke Smith loss. If you didn't have a Scotty Young waiting in the wings that luckily had to sit out last season or else he'd be gone right now then it would have really probably devastated your defense oh yeah and i think that that was uh, a big concern going into offseason because i know we talked about it a lot i don't know if you really covered it on the podcast but it's just the fact that bleeding those defensive backs and just like bleeding out some of the players that we did was like really yeah. tough to handle i mean it was not like comforting to sit there and watch you know your two two best defensive backs leave the program to go on to sec schools and uh you know not getting the same quality in return and so right that's something I have to deal with. But what has given me some comfort in that is the fact that, like, I haven't seen Neil Brown stress about it. Yeah. No, you know yeah. what I mean? He's next man up. He's all about the program. And, you know, I think he's yeah. got – he thinks he's got guys all all around. You know, he's got – he thinks he's, he's got depth now, really. Yeah. And I think that he's really just taking – and that's the only thing that's given me comfort is, like, I haven't seen Neil Brown, like, falter at all in that, where I just, like, don't think a, 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 as strong of a coach would have handled it as well. Whereas, like, Neil Brown, I just, like, he's given me no reason to worry about it. Yeah, and, he's ready. Yeah. But, you know, and that's so Scotty Young, you know, going to replace Tyke. And then I think the other big hole you're looking to fill is uh, the other cornerback. You lose your son. Still got Nick Troy and got a lot of guys kind of going for that spot. You know, Jackie Matthews has been the guy they had spoke about a lot in the spring. Like I said, you got Charles Woods coming in as the FCS transfer will be there in the fall. But uh, Saturday spring game, uh, the guy that really showed out there was uh, Daryl Porter Jr. And, yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it's impressive, you know, retro freshman now. Heard a lot of talk about him last season. Uh, but yeah, I've heard you talk much about him a few times. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, he was the talk of all offseason last year. We didn't hardly see him. This year he hadn't been mentioned as much, but then he comes out, shows out, you know, a couple deflections and an interception in the spring game when he took away from Sam Brown. So uh, what do you think about that other corner spot? you like Porter there? you think Jackie Matthews is going to wind up with it? Or do you think it's the uh, transfer that's coming in's job to lose when he gets here? Um, I think that Neil Brown likes Daryl Porter a lot. I think we all like Daryl Porter a lot. Um, but when he was talking about it, it didn't seem like he was so sure about having him running first string. Right. Uh, I you agree. Know, starting, which is, uh, I don't, uh, uh, Neil Brown knows better than me, and I'm just going to bank on that fact. Um, but, like, I expected to see Daryl Porter Jr. like at least make a push for that starting job this year. Mm-hmm. But um, quarterback's probably the point where I've looked up the least because it's just been too sad to look at. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I think the good thing is, you know, last year 
it was pretty much Deshaun Miller and Nick Troy Fortune, and nobody really came in other than those two. Those two would virtually play the whole game. You didn't really have anybody subbing in for those guys hardly. And I think this year you can have some subs with those packages because I think, you know, you're going to have Daryl Porter Jr., Jackie Matthews, and the uh, transfer. You know, that's three guys for one spot. You know, then you have another guy behind Nick Troy Fortune you can spell out. So there's four guys I think you can use a corner. So hopefully it shouldn't be so much on the starters this year at the corner as it was last last year. I think you got a little bit depth behind them there. But uh, that's a little bit about the pass defense. Of course, we know safety's locked up. You know, you still got Alonzo Adai, still got Sean Mahomes, K.J. Martin's back. Uh, so you got you got the bodies there at safety. Uh, defensive line, I think, you know, Darius Stills, of course, we didn't mention losing him, I think, hurt. But I, I was really impressed by the play of the defensive line. I thought the pass rush was getting there without sending pressure. I thought Jeffrey Puller looked good. I thought Mesidor looked great. You know, they said he's put on 20, 30 pounds and is now playing that nose tackle role. So you're going to have him and Dante on the line together along with Puller, and then you'll have – Guys like Taj Austin, um, all you know, subbing in with them, and then of course Van Darius Cowan coming off in that bandit spot had a sack and a couple of good plays. What do you like about that pass rush? You think it looked uh, looked good, and uh, is it going to be a strength? Do you think? Because I feel like it is. Uh, it's got to be a strength because I think this is still banks on uh, what we did last year. I say I think going into the season we knew that um, our defensive line was going to be very crucial. I say, and I think this is going to be the exact same thing this year, where it's like they're going to help out our backfield just by being able to create that pressure. And I think that that's one of our deepest spots right there with running back this year. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got uh, Jefferson and, like, you got all kinds of people just able to come in and swap out. and you're not Really deep. Yeah, scratching the surface with them. And so I expect us to see really uh, see us really still be a, a straight monster on the defensive front mm-hmm. uh, this year, too. And I hope that that really helps our backfield out where they can kind of, like, grow into their own as the season goes on. Um, once you get into Big 12 play and some of the stuff like that, that, you know, maybe your defensive backs have gotten into a little bit more of a, a flow and you're not going to have to, you know, rely on either pressure in the quarterback or you're going to give up the first down. So. Right, right, absolutely. I, I agree. And then I, I thought all in all the team looked looked improved. You know, uh, I like the I like the mentality of the team. I like how the how the event was kind of almost like a behind-the-scenes look at like a, what a practice would be like for a team for the team or a scrimmage, you know, if the fans weren't there. And it uh, made a really fun, enjoyable experience. And um, I think I, I, liked, I liked the makeup of this team. I feel like they're all really balled in. And I think, you know, you add some more pieces that I think can contribute. You know, we mentioned the running backs. You still got Wyatt Milam coming in, I think, could still end up as your starting right tackle, possibly. He's going to factor in. And then, you know, some transfers that's coming that's going to factor in. So, um, all in all, um, how do you feel about the team after the spring game? Better, worse, the same um, as far as coming up this season? You think that they're going to have an improved win total, you know, way too early prediction, Uh improved win total over last season or do you see kind of about the same type level of team um i definitely see us improving on last year i think that we're going to have a better record i think that our team overall is just uh more in tune with what the program is like getting behind and so i think that it really makes a big difference having three years of neil brown's guys in there now i say we've had like a solidified system this is our first spring ball really yeah, I would say since, you know, because Neil Brown came in, you know, January, didn't have and time to set up right. his, spring, his first spring and the second spring got ruined by COVID. And so I think this is the first time where, like, we can see those young guys really starting to grow, which is, like, good for me. I'm, like, uh, any real diehard Mountaineer fan, did you watch these guys recruit through high school on Twitter and stuff like that? And so you get to see them grow and, you know, put their work in. Um, and it's, it's really comforting to be able to know that you, I'm not worried about just having to transfer 
come in and have to fill the roles that we need have done like we had to do underneath the previous coach. Right. And so like I think that our team is gonna be even though I I don't know what to expect from this team as much as what I expected last year because I think I had a more solidified account of like what our team was going to be last year. Right. Whereas now we got some unknown factors, which are like, uh, you know, there's new young wide receivers that we haven't seen play yet. Like I think they have the potential to really pop off. The new run, uh, young running backs that have really potential to pop off, you know, get in there and make good use of those carries from Muddy Brown. We have brand new young guys that we saw a taste of last year on the defensive front. Now we're getting to see them in their second year. And so, you know, we lost some of our defensive backs, but now we get to see kids like Daryl Porter Jr. and Scotty Young and Kerry Martin Jr. and stuff like that come through. And it's like we've been watching them grow and grow and grow and build. And so, like, I know less of their product on the phone, uh, on the field, but I think that their potential is so much higher than what I would have had them last year, even though I expect – like, I knew more of what to expect last year. Like, I have maybe higher expectations for right. this year, even though it's more of an unknown, I guess. No, I, I agree with you because I think that it it could go one of two ways. You know, I think that a lot of times in that third year, a coach that's building something, even though it's not quite built yet, sometimes in that third year they reach up and overachieve. You look at Iowa State, I think they did that in Matt Campbell's either third, his third or fourth year where they, you know, broke through kind of one. That was the year they beat Oklahoma and won seven or eight games. And then uh, Matt Rule at Baylor, his third season, a lot of people didn't see them, you know, winning uh, ten games or, or whatever it was. They did that yeah. year. So it's it's one of those things where you feel like, you know, you can see – the climb, as as he likes to term it, you can see it happening in front of your eyes and what he's building, and you feel like it's not reached to the level that he wants it to yet. But also, you really like that the players that he has bought in, and you could see something like it, you know, a nine-win season or something like that. But then also, you know, in the back of your head that it's not quite to the level yet that you think it would take to get there. So I think you'll see improvement. But as far as win total, um, I don't want to go too high and say this could be a ten-win team. But you know, crazier things have happened. But I definitely see uh, definite improvement and, and making steps in that climb. Yeah, and I think that this year is more of a year to look at. Uh, maybe not the wins and loss number, but look at exactly how the wins are like achieved. Mm-hmm. Like, are we getting closer? Are we winning the games we're supposed to be winning by better margins? Are we, you know, the games we lose, are we keeping them a lot? Because we've had tight games already under Neil Brown. You know, right. are we starting to squeak out a few more of those, and we're starting to keep them, you know, more consistent? Are we going into road games and winning and like keeping our home plates uh, slate clean? You know, and so I think that's more of a thing to look at uh, for like a a barometer for Neil Brown's success this year is. What kind of wins does he have? Does not only does we want to see eight, nine wins, but like, is are are we winning the games? How we should be winning the games, and yeah. are we closing out? You know, right against strong. I think I think last year, like I said, he ran a lot of those games, and you know, most of the games were close games. But I think now you want to see if it's close game. We want to win more of those than we lose if we get them close there in the end. You know, that's that's a step for for improvement, I think. But um, so that kind of pretty much covers everything as far as far as the game. Before we wrap up, let's go ahead. Um, give me your offensive MVP, defensive MVP from the Gold Blue Spring game, um, if you will, and uh, that's how we'll close this thing out. Um, it's hard to go off a spring game like that, but I think it is most impressive to me. I still think that Winston Wright showed up more than I thought he was going to. And I yeah. think that that man is just uh, way too far under the radar for a lot of people right now in this country. And I think I that agree. he's got a chance to really put his, you know, foot in the race for whatever he wants to, you know. And I right. think that he's got potential. I mean, absolutely straight potential to, like, absolutely monster out this year. He could. So he could do it. I'm going to give him my MVP, even though he didn't, you know. He got his catches. He, he looked good out there. You expect it from him, but I still think that, you know. Uh, he deserves to get that recognition for being the number one um, defense. 
It, it, yeah, it's tough, you know. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, Jeff, you don't got anybody racking up a lot of tackles or nothing yeah. like that in the spring game, so it's it's tough. But um, you know, there's 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 a few there's a few guys that I thought played well. Um, I'll, I'll give it to Akeem Usdor because I think that he just like yeah, showed strength there for me. and I think that he's going to be, um, like you said, he's put on weight, and I think that he's going to be a solid replacement in the center down there. Locking yeah. up them holes and just being a man inside. So. Like, I think, you know, it might not be the Steel Brothers, but you're still going to have two guys that can cause havoc with him and him and Dante in there together. Yeah. And then uh, for me, offense, you know, I, I would probably agree with you, Winston Wright, but uh, I guess to be different, I'm going to go Caden Prather. Just really impressed yeah, by that guess. guy for a true freshman. I mean, he's got the size. He's got the athleticism. Um, you know, if he can if he can do the technical stuff, you know, the run blocking, the playbook, all that, I don't see any reason why that guy's not playing a lot this season. And then uh, defensively, uh, who else? Daryl Porter, Jr. Yeah. So I figured <laughs> I'd give it to him, so I was going to give you the honor. Yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> you know, you knew I had to. But uh, I, I thought he stood out. And, you know, the, the defense looked good as a whole. Team looks good as a whole. I'm really excited to uh, go through this offseason. Uh, West Virginia, you know, still has like three scholarships left. So there's probably uh, some more news we'll be able to cover before the start of fall camp. And hopefully still uh, get back here on the Country Roads webcast. I'll get together. Hopefully get Steven on here with us as well and uh, yeah. give some more episodes throughout the offseason for, uh, for real. But it's great, uh, great getting back to it, Bradley. Yeah, for sure. I'll say definitely. So, but I'm ready to get back to joining my nice day. I heard that. I'm about to. I'm about to do the same. So, uh, uh, for Bradley, as always, I'm Jordan Cruz. Uh, this has been the Country Roads webcast. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, follow us there, Twitter at WVU Country Roads, and of course on any podcast platform you choose. Uh, like us there. You know, share us as we continue to try and grow through Mountaineer Nation. And until next time, let's go Mountaineers. Mountaineers. Oh